welcome to the Shark Bite Show, where we dive into the stories of our members, coaches, friends, and family of Shark Bite Fitness and Nutrition. All right, let's roll. <laughs> so, uh, guys, today I am here with um, with old old Jim Mears. Uh, Jim is Jim is one of my oldest friends um, in every way that I could possibly use that word. Old. He's oldest, and like he's known me for a while. Not that I'm old. Yep. Older. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, he's been a coach with me here for uh, for a little over seven years now. Um, he's a friend of mine. He's honestly a mentor of mine. Um, he's somebody I've come to with problems that have nothing to do with fitness or our business in any way. Well, I also feel that I've been mentored by you as well. So it goes both ways. Um, sometimes, you know, when you when you uh, work in something and you find a passion, you find like a, a kindred spirit, you know, uh, that's, that's Jim for me. It's yeah. So we're going to talk about a bunch of cool stuff. All right, cool. Um, thanks Jim. So, uh, who are you? You know, how long have you been in, in fitness? What got you into fitness? Um, Jim Mears. I'm one of the coaches here for Nick. I am currently 54 years old, but for the CrossFit, I'm CrossFit 55. <laughs> All right. Just like when your kids are 10, they're Disney adults. So, but uh, fitness, just for me, fitness has been play. Like when I grew up, you came home, go outside, dinner's at five, be back at five. And we went out and we played. I think it's so important for kids to go out and just play. Run, jump, climb. That's what we did. I mean, I had a great, I think I had a great childhood. I had a, we had a, set of woods right down the street a giant sand pit for us to like try and kill ourselves on our bmx bikes and we were just outside all the time we also was fortunate enough to have a lot of kids on the block we had kickball basketball we just played all the time it's just always outside there were no video games to keep you inside and your parents definitely didn't want you inside <laughs> so it was outside so to me play is the first form of fitness and it's, you know, it was just fun, going out and having fun, street hockey, football, whatever. So what got you into, maybe not sports so much, because that makes sense. What got you into thinking like, okay, I, I wanted fitness on a regular basis. I want to work out. Uh, well, I played uh, um, hockey in a CYO or Catholic Youth League. I played roller hockey for a number of years. I think uh, you could play until you were 15. So I guess you could say that was fitness, but again, I just thought I was playing. Uh, when I got to high school, my senior year, I enlisted into what was called the delayed entry program to go into the Army. I enlisted in the Army, and then I saw that they had a physical fitness test, and you had to do X amount of push-ups, sit-ups, and a two-mile run. And that two-mile run for my age group at the time was going to be, I don't know, 12 and a half minutes or 12 minutes and 10 seconds. I can't really recall. I just knew I had to run two miles. So I said to myself, self, you need to do something to get shape. I'm like, you know what? Join the track team. Tell the coach you want to do two-mile run. So I joined the track team. The first time I did the two-mile run in a, in a race, I got my ass handed to me. If I, I don't know <laughs> if I could say that, but I did. And but thing is, is when I finished the race, I had passed the PT test for the for the army with the tops like would have been giving me a top score for my age group, and I was like, all right, good to go. And then once you know, well, you're a veteran, you know, once you get to boot camp, 
all bets are off. <laughs> if you thought you were in decent shape, you were not. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. You've now fallen off a cliff. Right. right. So, I mean, the, uh, so the Army influenced my, my, uh, my fitness. But back then in the 80s, it prob uh, probably was the same for you when you went in. It was basically calisthenics or body weight training and running. And after you did some running, you did a little more running. And if you got in trouble... You did even more running. So I was running in calisthenics, but I did fall, I did kind of fall in love with calisthenics because calisthenics you can do anywhere. So that was, I would say, my first gamut into fitness. And then when I did get out of the Army, uh, I joined a gym, Olympic gym at East Islip on Strong Island, Long Island. And uh, it's funny because a CrossFit community, we're like really tight. And the first uh, gym I bought, uh, bought a membership at was Olympic Health Club. And it was a bodybuilding gym. That's what fitness was back in the day, it was bodybuilding. And me and my buddy started bodybuilding and that gym was exactly like a CrossFit gym, only with people there to get big and improve their physiques. But it was just like the gyms here. I know you and Chris had a similar conversation and you guys like didn't enjoy like that atmosphere, it sounded like, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But I loved it. I couldn't wait to get to the gym. I loved every set, every rep. I just loved it. I couldn't wait to get there because it was just a really tight, it was a small gym like our boxes are. Everybody knew each other and it was really tight. Everyone supported each other, camaraderie, everything. And at the time, I weighed 155 pounds when I got out of the Army in 87. So in about a 14 month time, with weight training and eating a ton of food, I went from 155 to 210 pounds. Holy crap. <laughs> and uh, got pretty big. You know, waist was a little bigger than it was now, <laughs> but I wasn't like severely overweight, but we got big and we got strong. But then other things influenced fitness. Just like you always think you're going to be the same, but as you all get older, like you don't think in your 20s the way you did in your teens. You don't think in your tw the 30s the way you did as your 20s. Things just have to change. It's called growing and gr growth. And uh, I joined, I was lucky enough to get my dream job with the NYPD. And and what, what did you do with them? Because that's something I definitely want to talk to you about. With the NYPD, I, um, you know, was hired. I worked patrol for over 10 years in various different neighborhoods. And I loved my job, but after I got promoted to sergeant, and then after a couple of years of being a sergeant in a very busy precinct, I was kind of getting a little, little burnt out of the road. And I had some friends that had become instructors in the New York City Police Academy, and I had seen a change in some of the rookies that were coming out. And I wasn't really happy with some of the rookies that were coming out, and I thought, well, maybe I can make a change and get into the academy as an instructor. So I was able, I interviewed, I had to take a PT test that they gave because I was trying to get into the physical training and tactics department. So that meant the gym. And same thing, we had to do a mile and a half run. They timed you, had push-ups in a minute or two minutes, uh, a bench press, and I think some sit-ups. So it's just to get an idea of where you're at. So it always worked out when I was on patrol, like we took our meal hours, we'd hang our gun belts up and our vests up and we'd work out and then go back out on the street. 
So, cardio-wise, I didn't impress anybody <laughs> back then because I was still back then on patrols, probably at 190 pounds still, keeping keeping my size up. But I was still mobile enough to run up the flight of stairs when someone was calling for help. And then I, I got into the academy and I had some mentors there. I was surrounded by a lot of instructors that had different backgrounds. We had combat athletes, we had bodybuilders, we had runners, we had bodyweight specialists, kinda. We just had everything, people that could swim. So I got into a little bit of everything. So we back then still lifting, you know, body pot splits was still a big thing, but we also did a lot of running. I was on that gym floor, would do it. So we trained recruits, and that's where I think my love of training came from. Like one of my mentors was actually one of my subordinates, so like one of the police officers that I was in charge of. Uh, Officer Andy Pino, I still keep in touch with him. He's up in the Bronx. The guy was, he was really good when it came to his philosophy on how to train others, especially don't give anyone to do anything that you have not done or willing to do. But it was just being around this group of individuals, males and females. I mean, we had one female officer who was an Olympic athlete on our in my squad, Portia Lack. She went on to become an emergency service, what you would call like special weapons and tactics, like a SWAT almost. She was a great role model for the female recruits, all the recruits. And thing is, in, in recruit training, there's a purpose. When you come into the gym here, everyone wants to look good, they want to feel good, you want to be healthy, and that's a great goal to have. When you're training police officers or soldiers, it's to stay alive. All right, so they're learning tactics, and you gotta have some form of fitness. Like the neighborhoods I worked in, so if you walk around Cape Coral, you don't see too many buildings out of 30 stories. If you go to Manhattan or Brooklyn, you're gonna have some buildings that are 15, 30 stories, and someone's always calling for help because someone's resisting arrest, and they're always unlike the 17th floor, and the elevators are not working. Someone is relying on you. Someone's life is on the line, someone's safety's on the line. You need to get there. There's no, I can't get there, I'm out of shape, I can't get, no. You have to get there. And I brought that real, that reality to the gym floor when I was in, uh, a sergeant in the gym. But as far as recruits go, you have to get them in that mindset. But we also had physical fitness standards just like the military. Mm -hmm. And to graduate, they had to pass a certain number of tests and have certain scores and it was our job to get them to pass. And that's why I fell in love with training others because, but that per, that really had a purpose for me. Like, it meant something, because I would always tell the recruits, I said, I am not gonna send you out onto the street if you're a danger to others because I got brothers and sisters out there that I care about. And you need to be able to do your, pull your weight. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny you say that. That's, that's like an awesome reason, and I think anybody who's worked with you or been coached by you or been around you really for any reason knows and, and feels the way like how seriously you take that you know um 
I had a drill sergeant in basic, uh, basic training for the army who he came in like mid cycle. And, um, that means like halfway through when we were being done. Uh, and I remember he was one, the only person in our drill sergeant group that had been deployed and he was an infantry guy who had been deployed also. Right. And I remember he brought that exact same feeling, you know, uh, Instead of all this like theory of, you know, like you should, you should know how to do this because we teach you this and you should know it because you're going to become a soldier and all that kind of stuff. He brought like a real like grittiness, you know, and he was like, Hey, if you don't do these things, here are the real life repercussions. Like, this is why it's important that you understand you need to be fit. This is why it's important. You understand you need to learn these tactics. This is why it's important. You understand that you're not letting your battle buddies down, you know, and I, I can, from my experience, I can totally see how having an instructor like you in that session would have made such a big difference. Yeah, and I don't, th- I don't think I was like special. It's just that when I got there, I had over, again, I had a, at least ten years out on on the street. I worked in some pretty violent neighborhoods that needed policing, and the citizens there needed it. But also, I've been around. I've, uh, I, I stood roll call with someone one night and. A week later, they were gone because they were shot. They were killed in the line of duty. So, like I said, it, it, it hits home. And I had to make sure that the people that I was sending out knew why I was doing what I was doing and what it was for. And as the academy goes on in the beginning, they're probably like, this Sergeant Mears is a freaking jerk. <laughs> but at towards the middle to the end, they really like, this guy really cares about us. I re- that exact feeling. I remember hating this drill sergeant. Hated him. It was like, man, this guy came in out of nowhere. He's like a hurricane. He's making my life so much more difficult than it was already. And by the end, by far our favorite. Like everybody's without. He was unanimously the the favorite drill sergeant because we were all like, man, this dude cares about us. He doesn't care about us liking him. He cared about exactly. us. Exactly. Right. I didn't care if you liked me. I didn't care if you feared me. I I didn't care. All I knew is. I was going to make sure that I instilled certain lessons into these young officers so they realized that when they go out on the street, they may have to take a life. And they're going to go out on the street and someone might want to take their life. Mm-hmm. And so we would start our tact, uh, class off. We would always do cow classes. We do calisthenics. All right, We have like 180, picture a big gymnasium what 180 recruits we did not have ac which most crossfit gyms don't have we had to take temperature and humidity readings and we would run them in the gym in formate like military formation because we had to get them in shape to pass their run and then we would do calisthenics training so for me calisthenic training i would teach about patterns because out on the street, you have crime patterns. There's certain, hey, we know that robberies are taking place on the corner of Livonia Avenue and Rockaway uh, Paterin these times. And these people know when the train is coming, they do their robbery, they jump on the train, they're gone. So how do I teach a pattern? I'd say, all right, we're going to do 10. Only 10, not 9, not 8. 10 squat thrusts, four count exercise, I'll count the rep, I'll count the cadence, count the repetitions. So it's kind of think about like a burpee. You go down as one, to a plank two, down to the ground three, come back up to a squat, stand up, that's one rep. I would get to rep six, 
or seven, usually seven. I'd get to rep seven. Every time I say stay with the instructor and rep seven, I would just come back to the squat position and I wouldn't stand up. They would all stand up. And I would say, I said, stay with the instructor, stand up. That's a zero. (laughs) And I would say, Uh. we are now going to do 10 reps of squat thrusts. 10, only 10, stay with the instructor. I'd get to number seven, I wouldn't stand up, and they would stand up. Zero. Start again. So by the time we're done, we've done about 50. And it was because we have 180 of them. 180 kids in a gym. Someone in the back is going to stand up. (laughs) Now everyone's turning around getting pissed off. Anyway, so I taught crime patterns. And then I always finished with a set of push-ups. I just had flashbacks as you were telling that story. I had flashbacks to basic. Yeah. Just always somebody messing up. Always. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, this is 25 more minutes of our lives. Here we go. If you got five people, the chance they're going to mess up, very slim. (laughs) You have 180, they're messing up. Yep. Always. Last thing I do, we're going to do 10 push-ups. That's it. Then we're done. I did not know what hand release push-ups were. And we know in CrossFit we do hand release push-ups because they're observable, measurable, and repeatable. Mm-hmm. In the police academy, I was like, I'm tired of these kids freaking cheating. Cheating their push-ups. I'm like, go all the way down, pick your hands up. Up one. All the way down, put your hand. So I started doing hand release push-ups just to make sure these kids weren't cheating because there were some fat bodies out there. And if I'm offending you, I don't care. You know who you are. <laughs> They were trying to cheat. You're not cheating on my gym floor. You know why? Because I got brothers and sisters out there I care about. And I'm not going to send you out there and let them get hurt. And we do our 10. We get to the 10th one. And we always had, I lied, we had to do one more. We always had to do one for the officer in the sky. Because they had to know that we sweat on this floor so we don't bleed out on the street. And we always did one for the officer in the sky. And that always started all the way down and a two-second and a two-inch hold from the bottom until I decided we had enough and we come up. And that last rep, even the cheaters got motivated. It's been we had a lot of military people like and the military people they would get vocal because mm-hmm. these have been uh, young men and women that had been deployed into the Middle East and they would get psyched up and I loved it. They can make noise at that time. So we always finish for one for one for the officer in the sky. And other re- instructors had their styles, but they got their points across too. So it, was, well, it wasn't about beating anyone down. It was trying to build them up as a team. But in the beginning, you got to break them down so that they build together as a team. Well, dude, so, like, anyone who just listened to that story can tell that you very much cared about, like, the success of your recruits, right? And... Anyone, Absolutely. Anyone who's ever had you as a coach at Sharpite like knows that feeling, right? And I don't know if you know this. I hope you do. Anybody who's ever had you as a coach knows that you give a shit about them, right? And like most, a lot of people don't know this. Probably you're the you're the only coach who's been here, you know, with me since the beginning, right? Since seven plus years ago when we were in, uh, you know, this tiny in comparison at the time I thought it was huge, but this tiny building off off uh, off of Andalusia, you know. Um, we were running smaller classes and it was like, it was crazy. Cause like, we didn't really know what we were doing. It was super fun. Right. But you have for the last seven plus years demonstrated that same level of like care. Like I, what you just explained, you do every day in here and people love it, man. I try. I mean, I have good days. I have off days and I have bad days, but 
you know, when we're in this building, the people deserve the best. Sometimes I fail, sometimes, you know, most of the time I like to think I hit the mark. But uh, the one point, like how you said you love that drill instructor. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, if you know Nick and you've been in the gym from time to time, he might poke fun at me. Sometimes he hurts my feelings. I would never do such a thing. I would never, never do that. No, I don't care about feelings. <laughs> but at the end of the recruit classes, the re there would always be a day where the recruits would we kind of ease up on them. We'd have like little competitions with them. And then they would get up and they'd always go up. There'd always be someone to go up and they would make fun of the instructor. Like, not make fun of, but they would mimic mm -hmm. the instructors. <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason, Sergeant Mia's got mocked a lot. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why. Well, I had a, a very specific mannerisms when I was on my gym floor. <laughs> so, so if you ever seen Full Metal Jacket and seen that drill sergeant, that, that's pretty much how I ran my gym floor. But it was because I did care about them because I have, law, I have worked with people who have been killed in the line of duty. And, like, that, that bothers me. It does. It bothers me. I remember Frank, I remember Kevin, I remember Jimmy, I remember them all standing in roll call. So, but, you know, and I just transferred to that care to the people in our gym. Mm -hmm. Even the people in from all the other gyms that I've come in contact with. Like, you know, I just, you know. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't think I'm exaggerating at all by saying you're the most popular person I've ever met in, in like the CrossFit environment. I have, There's so many people at other gyms who know you and I have, have such strong, fond feelings of you. You know what? And it's like so humbling because I don't even know why. Like I don't think I'm I I don't think I'm special at all. Sometimes I'm just like, how do these people like really just know? <laughs> you know? And it's 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 extremely humbling. Like I've just met so many amazing people through this community. Like, well, dude, it's that demonstration of care. You know? Like you can't fake that. We've met pe we've we've met people who try to fake it, right? You can't fake it. No. You can't you can't the way you care about people around you. You can't fake that. And everybody feels that, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean. And like I just fell in love with training there. Even when I was in the the bodybuilding gyms, like when after I left Olympic, I always was willing to help other people if I knew more, or if I knew something. If I didn't know, and I didn't help because I didn't want to hurt anybody, you know. But I do remember I used to work out in this place. Beth Page was called Ken's Fitness. There used to be this guy there, and he used to walk around in his flip flops, in his baggy, baggy bodybuilding pants, which. I also had a number of, and he always had this, he had this shirt, and I'm like, one day, I want to be able to wear that shirt, because I thought it was so cool, because it said, this is what 50 looks like, because this guy was yoked, uh, he worked for the, he worked for the airlines, he was just, like, so in shape, and now I'm like, older than that guy, and I'm like, well, I'm not as jacked as he is, but I was just like, I think you're probably a fan. but now I'm like, Damn, really? Fifty wasn't that old. Yeah, right. I think you're, you're probably a lot but thinner back, than that guy. But, so. but back then, it was like that guy was just like someone that stood out. I'm like, I want to be like that guy when I'm fifty. I, I say that about you, man. You know, I just you know want to age on my own terms. Well, so let's. I want to hit on that again in a, a little bit. Let's go back to the the first gym, right? So back when we were called CrossFit Cape Coral, the, the first gym. I love that place. Yeah, that is like my favorite. CrossFit gym ever. All, Nothing but fond memories. All 800 yeah. feet of it or yeah. whatever the hell yeah. it was. The sun would come in the front. 
So if you're in the front of the building, you're getting blasted by the sun. You get a suntan while working but out. But if you were in the back, there was no sun. But it was like 10 degrees, 15 degrees hotter in the yeah, back. Yeah, there was no air circulation in that back corner. So you, you could either get the sun on your skin or you'd be in the back where no air moved at all. Yeah. Yeah, there was, there was no winning. But either way, like, we like we laughed, but I had so many good times in there. Yeah, I mean, so one of my vip, we're getting ready to do our CrossFit intramural here at Shark Bite. And I remember our first CrossFit Open that we did as a gym in 2014. We were meeting up on Thursdays nights. Mm-hmm. We were watching Dave Castro do the live announcements with the CrossFit athletes and then watching them go. And we're sitting there for one of the workouts, and we're like watching the workout, and he's like, "I know it's what you're talking about." Yeah, fourteen point whatever. It starts off with a eighty calorie row, and we're like, "We don't have an effing rower. Uh, we did not have a rower." I'm like, "How the hell are we doing to open?" And someone the, on Pine Island had a rower, and we got one there that night. Yeah, because what we would do, what we would do is we would hang out. We'd get a big party together. We have like thirty or 40, 50 of us hang out there, and we'd watch the the announcement on the crappy Wi-Fi, right? And then, like, four of us idiots would do the workout right away. Which I was yep. one of those idiots yep. at yep. the time. And so was Holly. <laughs> Holly was one of... Not, she's not an idiot, but she did do a, she did do one of the workouts at night. I know almost every time you, you myself, Abba, we would do it. And then uh, usually we'd have, like, three or four other people do it. And I remember all of us looking at each other when he said rower because we were like... We were what? so psyched he said rower. Like, what do we do? Like, we get a rower? What do we do? We don't Those own a rower. Are expensive. Yeah, that's that's. We a... didn't want money back then, but someone <laughs> had one on Pine Island, and it got to the gym within like half hour. Yeah, we got to give a big shout out to. I think it was Serena, right from uh, from two three nine. Lent us one as two, well. Two three nine hooked us yeah, up the next day with a rower. Two three nine. See, good community back then. Yeah, because I just remember. I know I was talking about this. I remember thinking like, man, we got to get like seventy people through this workout. I remember <laughs> doing that workout. The le- the second to last thing was power cleans. And Abba's wife, Nicole, was timing me, and I was doing the power cleans, and she's like, you got three minutes. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> I wanted to be done so bad. I'm like, I got three minutes left? Jesus Christ. I think that I think that same year, I think that was the year where we did... You got to the muscle-ups. The muscle-ups were the last thing. Yeah, I think that one had the workout with all those thrusters and burpees over the bar, too, right? Yes, I don't, I don't even want to talk about that. I will never, till the day I die, forget doing that workout being a good 10 minutes behind everybody else who was going while Jess, Coach Jess, screamed at me to go. And I was like, dude. There is no go. I'm going as fast as I can, man. This is this is what I got. I ch- this is going to be a 25-minute workout. I turned burpees into, I don't know what I turned them into. Shannon was just like, come on, Jim, let's go. <laughs> uh, if that workout is in 21 point whatever, I'm not doing it. I'm out. Yep, I'll, I'll be skipping that one if I'll it's in the open. I'll scale. Here. I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I'll fake an injury immediately. But so. that, that first location was it, and some of the people that started with us are still here. Quite a few, which is awesome. And uh, some of them are even coaches. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, we we were learning on the fly. I, I like to think that, that we're almost like doctors with uh, do no harm. We tried to do no harm. But uh, we got better as we went on. I think learning on the fly is, is a great way to put it, right? Because I think about some of the things we used to say, you know, as coaches, and I'm like, I get a little cringy. I get a little, like, embarrassed, you know? But luckily, we're, you know, we got better. We got way better. But, I mean, I remember I couldn't teach a snatch to save my life back then, you know? Or handstand push-ups or even box jumps or anything, you know? Well, I'll tell you what, that 
when Abba asked me to come on as a coach, and I remember saying like, yeah, and I came and I did the opening, the grand opening workout with everybody, and people from 239 came because I was uh, interning there, so they came to support us as well, and, and, and me. And I, after that day, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm not teaching the stuff I taught in the academy. I'm teaching other things. And some of these things, like, I did not know what a power clean was until I started doing CrossFit over at a, a, a first CrossFit gym. I, I was, like, in my mid-40s, and I'd never done a power clean. I didn't know what a power clean was, an overhead squat. I knew how to bench. I knew how to squat. I knew how to deadlift. I knew a lot of other things. I didn't know how to do that. So uh, I went home and I went on to CrossFit.com and I signed up for the uh, weightlifting course because I wanted to be the coach people deserve. And I told Abba, and he got motivated. He's like, "No, I'm gonna do it with you." And we both went up to Tampa for the weekend and had fun and learned how to clean and jerk and snatch. And then you know. And then, like you said, like he says, I, I may have mentored him, but he mentored me. And then we had other coaches, and we all learned from each other. And that has grown into so much more where this guy's got us doing professional development, which I'm 100% behind because, like, we had that summit, mm-hmm. you call it? Shark Bite Summit. Shark yeah. Bite Summit. And mm-hmm. it, it was amazing to be around all the other fitness professionals and coaches from the other locations that just make you better and anytime you can also be around someone like Brian Brochet uh, you're gonna learn something from that man Uh because the guy is just you know he's a level three trainer the guy knows his stuff and you know when he says stuff you shut up and listen it's funny you say kind of like learn on the fly I remember um, after we'd already opened we had a, a class where we had to teach power cleans and I realized, like, I had no idea how to teach power cleans, you know? But I knew the workout was coming up. So I, I went online and I make myself sound very old, but there weren't a ton of videos on, like, working out yet, you know? And I remember. You mean that internet thing? Yeah, that the, the, the internet. didn't find it until, like, 2007. <laughs> you still don't really have it. But we, I remember I watched a video on how to teach the power clean by, by Coach Bergener, you know? And I was taking notes about what he was talking and like writing them down in a notebook. I did the same thing. And then I was filming myself saying them and then I would watch the video and I'd be like, do I sound like an idiot? Am I, I am I saying the right thing? I don't know. And I would just keep doing that. And then, then I would test them out like when in between classes or before classes, like I convinced Shannon or um, Maria or Justin or Shane to come in with me and I'd be like, or Josh, you know, I'd be like, hey, uh, I need to pretend I know what I'm doing you want to come get in a workout with me real quick? And I would like pre-coach it before I had to coach the classes, you know? Well, I remember the, when I would teach in the academy, I used to do things what I'd call by the numbers. Mm-hmm. Like I would have a number for something. Like one would be one move. Two would be the second move and so on. So we, I broke it down. We're going to do this by the numbers. And I would say whatever we were teaching, this is what one was, two was. Two, and then we'd go by the numbers because it would slow it down. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what, what I would do here. We're going to go by the numbers. I would just change the terminology when we started. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I broke things down into small steps so that you could, at the end, you had one movement. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. Like I think people see those of us who are coaches for a long time now and just assume that like we woke up knowing how to teach that kind of stuff, you know? But I remember us being like, what are we doing? Like we, what was the cool part was, especially the people that are still coaches, 
nobody was like, no one knows I don't know what I'm doing. I can just fake it, you know? We were all like, man, I want to learn. Like, I really care about making sure that I give the best possible service to the members, you know? Because, like, I didn't want to not know how to teach power cleans. Not because I care about looking stupid. You've known me for years. I don't care about looking stupid at all. I wanted, like, these people to come in and be like, he took care of me. Like, he, he set me on the right path. He he has my best interest at heart, and I, I'm leaving here feeling safer and stronger, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I was also a personal trainer at around the clock, and I felt the same way when I had my one-on-one clients that, you know, I'm a big believer in basics, too. Like, you never outgrow the basics. Mm-hmm. You never outgrow a push-up. You never outgrow a pull-up. You never outgrow a squat. I mean, they're basics for a reason. Um, okay, so uh, you, you know, you've been known for your sayings. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying half the time. They just come, words just come out. I either get in trouble, like you say, like maybe you shouldn't say that next time. Yeah, yeah there's been or, a, there's or, been that, a or you might those. say, "Hey, that was that was hilarious." So anybody who's a member at any of our gyms, or as, it's just a friend of ours, or former member, anyone who's known us for years, knows you've got some sayings, right? Um, I don't even know what they are though. They there's no, there's some really good ones. Like uh, there's trainer be punished, right? Well, that was uh, that was a police academy thing. Yep. We uh, designed one. Well, Andy Pino, he uh, he's the Punisher, at my 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 mentor, and the trainer be punished thing came up with because, like I said, we bleed on this, uh, we sweat on the floor, so we don't bleed on the street. So, if you don't train, I would tell the recruits, I go, the people that do bad out there, they're working out. You can see them. They're on the corner of walkway walk and don't walk and they're doing pull-ups on the walk and don't walk sign and then they're doing their cardio on the basketball court and then they're doing their push-ups so they're training and they're training for you so if you don't train you're gonna get punished uh-huh. and that punish can be a variable you know different degrees so it was train to be punished and then we just back then someone someone had a t-shirt thing and we're making t-shirts back in the day and we got them made up and it's like I still have the t-shirts back then I'm gonna go with probably 2004 or 5 or whatever it was well that saying survived one that didn't survive that I'm just personally really sad hasn't continued is uh, is high octane that well I used to say yeah (laughs) yeah, it's a high octane effort today and you changed it into something I don't even know how the hell you spell that Uh, I know Shannon and I talk about this pretty frequently I feel like we messed with you enough that you don't say it anymore. And I'm so, I, I feel like. I'm going to bring it back one this of the, week. One of the great failures in my life is that we did that because I, I stole that from so many people. Like hearing you yell high octane effort as loud as you can in the middle of class is one of my favorite things I've ever had in my right, life. It's going to happen this Saturday. I All don't right. know when. All right. This, this probably won't come I out. I might for, have to write it down somewhere. Hold on. This won't come out for a good couple of weeks. So we're going to be able to call you on it. I'm, re- I'm going to remember if you said it on Saturday or not. <laughs> okay, okay, so one one that survived also that I think is really important and I know you care about is scaling isn't failing, right? Right. Now that one's really important to both of us, right? Um, I know you and I have done kind of like campaigns where we say you and I are scaling every workout. Like we're going to take two weeks and we're going to scale every single workout. We're going to make sure people see us on the leaderboard scaling workouts, right? Because we don't want to... We don't want this whole like obsession with doing the RX version or the hardest version of the workout to be more important than getting like a safe and great fitness experience, right? Correct. So, like, what t- scaling isn't failing? Tell me about it. What's your what's your how do you feel about it? My my belief is is 
some people come in and they're like extremely motivated and they want to jump in feet first, head first, and that's not what's best for them. Mm -hmm. As people and individuals, even as a coach, like I try and give the best advice to pe put people in the best position to succeed for themselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have trouble listening to that inner voice to myself. Like I should probably like not be doing this right now. I should probably do this. And it's hard, but you want to put everyone in a position to succeed. So if you want to be good at at anything, you have to start at the ground floor. You got to go buy the numbers. One, two, three, four. You don't bypass two to get the four. There's got to be some sort of order there, in, in my opinion, mm -hmm. which is what's going to help them succeed. Like, today we had a workout that it had all gymnastics. So we had pull-ups and we had bar muscle-ups. So one of the things to scale down the bar muscle-up was a jumping bar muscle-up with a box but some people shouldn't even attempt that because they don't have the prerequisite strength or mobility to even do a kip so the basics you need have some prerequisite strength like a strict pull up even if it's one rep before you move on why because if you don't have the prerequisite strength you can injure yourself and if you injure your members you lose members we need them to come back. So trying to get people to see that, hopefully if you put it out the right way, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna do, this is what I need to work on. So when I come in, I can do A, B, and C, but for today's workout, this is prop. This is probably the best course of action for you. Yeah, and that's the, that's the secret there, right? Is like, you, you're talking about scaling and failing. You're saying that because our goal is to help people get what they want. Right to help to put them in the best possible position for themselves, not for us. Right. right, you can't get a muscle up before you get a pull up. Yeah, right. So when we say something like, "Hey, maybe you should try this instead," it's not because like I don't want you to get a muscle up. Right, it's because if you want a muscle up, I also want you to get a muscle up. Here's the best possible way for you to do that. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I remember um, when we were younger coaches, when we were newer coaching, I, I remember having this thought that like oh, a person has been working out for X amount of time, they should have X amount of movements, you know, or a certain level of skill or a certain weight on a, on a lift, right? Um, not realizing that that didn't necessarily match their goals, you know? Like a, an example of that is, you know, you've been doing it for a year, you should have double unders, right? Um, but that's not, that's not what a coach is there for, you know? Like you said, we, we want to put you in the best position to succeed, right? Right. For lots of people... That's not the hardest movement, right? That's a challenging movement that's fun and gets them in good shape. Exactly. Yeah, right? Like, Well, and the other thing is, is I also believe, like, you have to work on movement first. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why I really believe that the body weight stuff is so important because if you can't move your body correctly, you're not going to be able to move that body correctly while holding a load, mm -hmm. an external load. Mm -hmm. So if you can control your body better, you're going to control that external load better. So I always, like, the other saying I say is work on becoming the best mover you can be every day. And it's, it's, 
it sounds so obvious, right? But we've been there. Like you understand why in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the workout, you don't want to scale back, right? You want to go for the hardest you possibly can. But if that doesn't align with your end goals, then like, you know, you listen to the coaching and you, you do what you're being recommended. Yeah, you can, you, we, I, I can only do my best to try and lead people in the direction that I think they're trying to go and where they want to be. And you've done yeah. that for me before. You've told me, hey man, maybe you should take off some weight, you know? Yeah, and like, sometimes I should take off some weight and I didn't and then, you know what, I paid for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and then I ruined my training for the next couple of months. Right. So I, I know the scaling is a failing is something that I think we've tried to embody, you know, and I, I think we've done a really good job yeah. of that. Well, and the other thing is I tell people when they come in, when we give them different movements to do, it's like, what's going to give you the best workout today? Mm-hmm. What's going to give you a good workout? Well, let's get a good workout. Fitness is still going to be achieved. Like uh, one of our better athletes today says so she was having some knee pain. We instead of running today, we had to do row. And instead of burpees, so she didn't have to jump, she did some slam balls. And guess what? She's got a great workout. Fitness was achieved. You know what's cool? She'll be able to come back in tomorrow and get a good workout in too. Exactly. And the day after and the day after. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cool. So, one of the things <clears throat> that you get to do, which I think is really cool, is, you know, your wife and your son, both members of the gym, have been forever. You know? Um, uh, it's M- Melanie, right? Me- Melanie? Yes, Melissa. Mel- Sorry, I, was, I always mess that up. <laughs> and um, and Aiden. Uh, Mel and Aiden, man, they've been they've been here, you know, since the beginning also. Um, and you get to work out with your, your wife and son on, on a pretty much daily basis, right? Like, so Almost, how, yeah. How, how is that? What's that like? Well, I can't think of a better place to raise a kid than this gym. He started coming around when he was 10 he was a little pudge ball yeah but he looked like he was about four so that's important to point yeah, out yeah he was very yeah. he was small for his size you know for his age he was a little pudgy and uh he came for a while he got into it and we'd take little videos of himself and then he got out of it for a while then he started coming back but i always equated it that with him being around here that he has two older sisters, and uh, he's the only boy, but he was around people here that I'm like, you have big brothers, big sisters, aunts, and uncles here because he was a good kid, and, you know, he the kids, they your kids watch. They see what you do, and if they're around this, they're probably going to grab probably gravitate to it on their own and when he gravitated it to it on his own and wanted to do it it was just a great place to have him raise up now he's like so good now mm-hmm. yeah yes. he's, he's insane but the thing is is i don't want him to see like all this com- competitive stuff i want him to see the value in hey when i get into my mid-20s i just want to i want to stay healthy and stay in shape and be strong for a number of years and not Mm -hmm. worry about like the competition aspect of it yeah what's cool too is like i I feel like over the years i've watched a lot of different people kind of take him under their wing you know and 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 teach him not how to power clean better you know but it's like just just how to be a person how to be a a good person anyone watching that's a parent knows that your kids don't want to listen to you Mm -hmm. but like when tyler would tell him something or ronnie or Dwayne or however many other of our coaches that were here 
he listens to them. Uh-huh. So I sometimes I would just tell Tyler, like, hey, make sure you talk to Aiden about this today. Because <laughs> he's going to listen to him because that's someone that he would look up to because they were like, you know, they were the, our upper echelon athletes. Yeah. As opposed to just dad. Which is cool, but yeah, try, being able to do things with your family that you both enjoy is great. And, you know, anyone that knows me knows that, like, my favorite human is my wife. And any, that that is so obvious, right? Like and, watching it is so obvious. You know, spending time with her is more important than spending time anywhere else. And the fact that we share fitness is awesome. But you know, her goals are not always my goals. And she has she does her thing. She likes to go running. She does her marathons. No, thank you. I did one half <laughs> marathon. I'm done. I don't need to do another one. But she loves them, and I support what she does. And then she comes to the CrossFit competitions. She doesn't really want to be out on the competition floor, but she'll come and watch me and make fun of me and support me and, you know, and we have a good time and, you know, and share it with the rest of our CrossFit community down here in Florida. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love it. I feel like you guys have been like my family from from a whole different world, New York, you know. It's like a, I, I feel like Mel has been a, a part of my life for what feels like my entire life now. Yeah, I mean... I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what can I say? It's just, it's cool to do things with your family when you're all kind of on the same page. And it's, you know, it's always good to watch your kids grow up and succeed at things that they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the last competition at the Bloodline Brawl, you know, he had to carry me a couple times. He had, you know, put put me on his back and carry me. And you're not the only one, man. In, in the Open two years ago, I remember we were we were fighting for the final spot on the podium. He beat me by like three seconds. Yeah, I forget what workout it was. He beat me by like one rep. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I tried to come back, but you know, but that you know, it's a circle of life. He should he should be he should be dominating now. Uh, he is. I the mean, only we, thing I got on him is deadlifts. We were racing today in that workout where I almost had a heart attack, and he was yeah, he was doing real good. He beat me. So, yeah, so it's just, it's just, you know, good to share the same, same goals, you know, same, same, you know, she loves coming here, you know, the members that are here, some of them are family, Uh and others will probably come, you know, come to that too, you know, so it's like this, this, this is my tribe, this is my, this is my social group right here, this is it, it's like I got work, I got home, and I got here. Yeah, we're the third place. Is, right. You know, it's not, I don't really go anywhere else, and I don't want to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, every now and then I like to work out by myself in my garage, and but most of the time I want to be here. So, dude, same here, man. But this is the place to be. I I, I don't want to do any. I don't want to work out anywhere else. Like this is not only is it uh, work, you know, but it's like the place I want to hang out. This is where my friends are. Yeah, man. We got we just got like the coolest people around. You know what it kind of feels like is like uh, Cheers, right? No, um, yeah, well, you, you come in here and you're like, yeah, you're getting your butt kicked in a workout, but you're really just like hanging out with your friends. Yeah, man. And even if you don't know everybody in class, you will soon because as soon as you do, like 50, Cheers, everybody knows your name. Yeah, you do fifty burpees together, all of a sudden you're best friends. It's like yeah. weird how that happens, yeah. Um, no, and I, I just love, <laughs> love, love seeing people PR and succeed. It's like, I mean. One of our coaches who wasn't a coach was a member and said, I got my first pull-up because of you and whatever I said or showed. And, like, that's, like, 
better than anything else, man. Yeah, like, it is. It's amazing. It's just cool. Yeah, it is. You know, it's a, it's cool. It's just a great, it's a great feeling, and that I was able to positively, positively impact another human's life. Mm. Well, I love that. Um, all right, so let's talk about a, like a kind of side, a side wing of shark bite that is basically just like you're in my wheelhouse, right? So uh, we run a couple competitions every year. Yes. Right. Um, and anybody who's ever been hurt emotionally by one of those, you can you can thank us for that. Um, we run uh, we run reindeer games in December. Yes. Right. That's our charity competition. Uh, that's two person, um, one guy, one girl, and we we raise a ton of toys for charity, usually for the Salvation Army. Right. We do that in December. Uh, we we do the Shark Bite Classic. That happens for, for in the members. yep in the summer. That's for our members only. It's a team competition. Um, that one was really fun. We were even able to do that one kind of like distanced because of COVID this year. Um, we usually do a couple random ones that we're playing around with, like like Lovers Lift Off, which is our weightlifting only competition, or or May Madness, which was um, the team competition we did outside. Yeah, we had Coach Winter. Yeah, had a video from uh, showed up in my Facebook story. So. <laughs> um, we have another one, which honestly is my favorite of all of them, uh, Masters of Fitness. Yeah, baby. Right. So we run a competition uh, for athletes only aged 35 and up, right? Now, are 35-year-olds really masters? <laughs> like, we'll have that conversation all the time. Yeah, you got you to talk to every other sport in the world about that one, not me. <laughs> but um, So this one's like super special to both of us, right? Yeah. Um, and it's one of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast, Let's talk about that. Why Why is Masters of Fitness important to us? Well, like I said before, when I was at Ken's Fitness, I was like, I wanted to get that guy's T-shirt. This is what 50 looks like, right? Mm -hmm. And then your fun day, you're like, shit, I'm 50. That's really not that old, <laughs> you know? So uh, I think everyone wants to age on their own terms. And... Just because you're getting older doesn't mean you're old. It also doesn't mean like, hey, I'm getting old, I need to stop lifting. No, when you stop lifting and exercising, that's when you get old. So continuing fitness, you know, is just an, ex an expression of keeping yourself, you know, active in daily life. Mm -hmm. You don't, I don't wanna, go to a nursing home I've I've been to a ton of nursing homes and I know what's in there I've seen not well people and I don't want to be a not well person my children are not going to have to take care of me I'm going to take care of myself my wife's going to take care of herself and we're going to take care of each other so the Masters of Fitness is a way to show that we can still compete can I compete with Nick Habich? Easily. For the most part. Easily. For the most part, I'm not winning any competitions when I'm going against the youngsters. But when I go against the people in my old age group, I hold my own. I hold my own. Yeah, you know? absolutely do. And, but for me, it's not about like, hey, I want to get on the podium. The only thing I care about is I went out, gave my best effort, and wherever I fall, I fall. And have fun with a bunch of people in my age group. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about it the most is um, whenever we go to competitions locally, 
or, or even not locally, the bigger ones, like Guadalupe or, or stuff up in Tampa and Orlando, um, their masters athletes are not like, like, like sec. Or I'm gonna say this differently. Masters athletes kind of get pushed to the side, right? They did. I mean, CrossFit brought them in, but they never got the same billing as the Rich Fronings, mm-hmm. which you know. But you know, because the uh, those guys, they are. They're on top of Mount Fitness, you know. We're down in the middle somewhere, but we're trying to get to the top. But, but we're getting to our top. And like, if you look up to some of the stuff that these top masters athletes in the sport of sport of CrossFit, I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, they're kind of insane. Like, I, I don't know insane. how they do it. I, I I look at that guy Amos up in uh, Bergeron's gym, and I'm just like, that guy's just insane. I mean, but he's also dedicated his entire lifestyle to that. It's a lifestyle. You know, I haven't really dedicated my entire lifestyle to trying to be an a competitive athlete. That's not what it's about for me. Well, when we first talked about it, we talked about, uh, you know, the fact that at most comps, masters are either, there's either no masters division, right? So No, like uh, if, some of the big ones where we had like the teams of two or the teams mm-hmm. of threes, I would jump in there with people and it's like, all right, so I'm the the 50 year old, and I'm going next to, you know, some some Jack 20 year old. I'm just yeah. trying to think yeah. like like Derek Anderson over at Estero. It's like, all right, I'm competing against him and his partner uh, Kevin. That's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go sit in a corner now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, but it was even still, if he's still next to those guys, it's it's just it's still a good. It's still fun. You know what I'm saying? It's still fun, right? But I always felt like. The, the most underserved like population of competitors was masters athletes right because like you're in that situation I, I agree that's yeah. why I was like you know I was able I did I did a masters comp up in Northport and it was a good it was a good comp mm-hmm. I thought some things could have been different but that's just my opinion everyone has opinions just you know but I felt like our organization could do better. And we talked and I was like, hey, we could do this. Let's call it Masters of Fitness. You know, hence Masters Athletes. <laughs> and you are 100% on board with it. And uh, I think it's been a pretty good success. And I think it's been an extremely popular event so that the, the, the older crowd can come and display their fitness well and i'll tell you what like as somebody who's not yet eligible to compete all jokes i'm not 40 guys i'm not 40 uh all the all the jokes aside as someone who can't compete yet when i go to competitions right like i'm not as interested in the 20 year olds right like i think that i think watching someone who can who has has had more life experience and manages working out but also maintaining life outside of the gym like that's more fun to me to watch right and then when i think about all of our gyms and then i think about all of our friends gyms generally it's not filled with 21 22 year olds working out all day long right it's filled with people 35 and up who are going to work taking care of their families living their lives coming in and and getting their best workout in and doing their best to learn a skill and have fun right 
Like I want those people to have an opportunity to act, to express their fitness. Yeah. Like in a fair environment, you know? Yes. And like, I know one of the things we talked about was like, okay, we probably shouldn't be doing max effort squat snatches in masters. Right. But we're also not going to be like, I, I think for like the local comps, it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. If you're a CrossFit Games athlete, maybe it's necessary. Yeah, but we're also not going to like sugarcoat and, and put pads on you, right? Like, j- just because you're over the age of 35 doesn't mean you don't get to, you know, really ball out in the middle of a workout. No, we want to, we want to do some, some cool stuff, but you can keep the squat snatches. <laughs> so I, I like what we get to do is we, we kind of create a controlled environment, you know? And it's like, man, you can go as hard as you want because this is, this is appropriate. You know, it's, it's just like how we would do in, inside of a, a class, right? You you control the environment so that you, the parameters are appropriate. And then it's like, yeah, it's safe, man. Go as hard as you can. Yeah. Yeah, I know that um, that's where our invention of the uh, the dumbbell split snatch, snatch came from. I, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the toes through rings, right? That's because if I try and do a real snatch with a barbell, it is a split snatch. <laughs> Whether intentional or not. <laughs> Um, so that's happening April 17th, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm still lukewarm on it, but yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, what, I mean, we have a lot of really good competition stories. The Most of the members in our gym don't know that they're testing workouts out for us when they are. Yeah, I like to pro, throw them in there on mm-hmm. Saturdays every now and then. and I got some ideas for reindeer games coming up. Zach, it's coming at you, baby. Jim, Jim programs reindeer games four years in advance every year. For the most part. Uh, um, but every every comp we've ever run, the competition we've ever run is CrossFit Cape Coral or Shark Bite. I know that we've tested probably 40 versions of every one of those workouts, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's really fun. I we For May Madness, I remember we tested one. Do you remember that workout where we had to move all the different implements across the field? Yeah, that, 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 that I got, that, I, I got <laughs> inspired by the CrossFit Games when they had that uh, strongman. Mm-hmm. Thing. And I'm like, we can do that. We got some stones, we got some weight plates, we got some sandbags, you know. And do you remember me what, trying to get bales of hay? How hard that was? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and and what is power? It's moving large loads over long distances quickly, and that's no skill involved. It's just grip it, rip it, and see how fast you can move those objects over a long distance as fast as possible. And that was so much that was like one of the funnest events yeah it was it was so hard it was but it was no, super fun yeah, it was no skill it was just pick this thing up bring it here get back so your partner can bring the next thing and it, it, it was so much fun and i think it was one of the more popular workouts in that event i think it was right because like, we always we always think about that right we want maybe some people like doing air wraps of burpees and rowing or something you know we we're not big fans of that we try to make it so that the events are fun to do Fun to watch. And simple doesn't mean easy. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and not so complicated that you can't, like, go hard on it. Yeah, this shouldn't be too much strategy. Right. It's either pace here or go hard. Well, fair warning, Masters, this year there will be some strategy. So Okay. You don't know about it yet, but you'll find out. Um, okay, so speaking about competitions, uh, there's a competition we do together every year. Yeah, Nick is trying to kill me. He says he loves me. But I don't think he does, because every year he makes me go to Serena's house, <laughs> and I make all these weird faces, and I don't know how I survive. I just don't know how I do it. There's a there's a competition that our and, our, and our good friend Serena 
Serena and Doug run at uh, CrossFit 239. It's called Kegs and Kilos. And one of my absolute favorite parts of the year every year is convincing Jim to be my partner in the RX division. Because... I'm so dreading it. (laughs) Well, because CrossFit 239 is not scared to do things like throw muscle-ups or 70-pound dumbbell snatches into a competition, and I'm all for it, you know? It was 70-pound devil presses with two of them 140 pounds and people I don't know I I I started off rowing like a a 1200 and then I couldn't get out of a 700 it was like what the heck my favorite my favorite so what people don't know is that the reason I like competing with Jim so much is he goes 14 out of 10 intensity the entire time there is no pacing there's it's because I'm trying to keep up with you (laughs) we start the workout off and no matter what we're doing if it's like we're going to split up the movements five and five. Jim's starting off with 12. No, I'm not. A hundred percent. You say five, I'm doing five. <laughs> I might even do four. So, whereas I might be willing to um, sandbag a little bit, Jim just won't let me. He won't let me in any way. Well, I think I, I was sandbagging a lot. I forgot about all the, forgot to do the muscle-ups. You're like, go do a muscle-up. I'm like, what muscle-ups? Aren't we done? <laughs> I was delirious at that point. Uh, I always remember this one with the wall ball, with the heavier wall balls. It was a 30-pound wall ball. I th- could do, I did three. I didn't pick it up. <laughs> and I'm like, where's, he's like, where's Jim? I got to do handstand push-ups. I'm like, where's Nick? I can't pick up a 30-pound wall ball right now. <laughs> it's like retarded. I worked out with that thing every day. And then I, we got to the competition. I'm like, I can't pick it up. Some of my favorite pictures that have ever come up from our gym life have been pictures of, of you and me at, at Kegs and Kilos. Because... They, yeah, they made T-shirts out of them. Yeah, the guy, the guy they have doing the pictures over there is so good at catching us in the most compromising positions. Yeah, I'm usually on the ground in a fetal position, <laughs> praying for the bad man to go away, or in this case, the bad woman to go away. <laughs> Serena. I can't wait to do that competition again. Uh, I can wait. <laughs> I might have an injury. I don't know. Kegs and Kilos 2021. Nick and Jim, we're coming for you. It's happening. Um, okay, so, uh, dude, so, man, we've been doing this for so long. Like, what, if you met a new person, right, and they were like, I'm scared to try working out, right, or I don't want to, or I don't think I should, or something like that, right? Like, what would you tell them? Man up. No, I would not say that. <laughs> I would not say that. Unless I really knew him well. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, there's, in this gym, there's nothing to be afraid of. If we got to start you off with body weight, we start you off with body weight. It's all about... Put in a person in the right position to succeed. That's it. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's a guy I work with that I've been trying to get him to exercise. You know, I don't even try and bring him here, but I give him some tips and pointers. But it's like he's not ready yet. Soon, but there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, we start you off slow. A lot of like when I saw it with new people, it's like you control the intensity. I don't control the intensity. You control the intensity. If anything, I'm going to tell you to slow down a little. You know, depending on, it depends on the person. Each individual's different. You know, everyone here is going to be supportive of you. No one cares. No one cares what you're doing. No one cares how much weight you're lifting. They just, people care about your effort and that's it. Hey, you have a great effort. Yeah, high five. But there's not there's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, we're all here to just help each other be a little better than they were yesterday. That's all. A little bit better than yesterday. 
you know, and we have an amazing team assembled here to get that done. You know, we got all different coaches of all different backgrounds, coaches were all different age groups, different experiences, and it just makes makes it better. I couldn't say it better myself, man. You know, and you know, the other thing is like I tell people you you never know when you're gonna need your fitness. You never know when you're gonna need your fitness. You never know when you're gonna have to hang sh boards on your house because a hurricane is coming. You never know when tragedy might strike. Uh, I saw a car flip over on Alligator Alley. He was coming back from a Marlins game. I stopped. I was able to jump up on top of the car and get the kids out of the car. I wasn't getting mom out. She was a little too heavy. Point is, got the kids out. But everyone was all right. I'm not like saying I did something spectacular, but the point is, is I was an adult that was there and I was capable of getting on top of a vehicle and helping get kids out. You know, so you never know when you're going to need your fitness. It's not just about looking good or feeling good, but it's being able to be functionally sound to take care of yourself. That's, you know, my goal to stay functionally fit, uh, functionally independent. Functionally independent. Stay functionally independent. Yeah, you know, because getting old is not for sissies. <laughs> you know, life doesn't care how old you are. You know, you still got to, you know, still got to take care of yourself. I don't need anyone in public to carry my stuff. Take care of myself and my wife takes care of herself. I mean, but, and this is the community for it. This is the community that helps us stay our age is our age, but inside we're younger. You know? I love it, dude. Is, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I got some notes here. I don't know if I got yeah. anything here. He's, you put, know. he's putting his reading glasses I got, on. Yeah, I got my glasses Jim, on. You, you know? can't. I feel like you're messing with me, dude. You can't do this. You know. <laughs> I, I, think, you know I think we got, you know, went over everything. For anyone who can't see, his phone is zoomed in so much. It's not, it's not zoomed in. It's normal. <laughs> you know? You know? Well, the you know, the big thing is, is like... I don't live and wake up for CrossFit. I do CrossFit to live. You know, I do what makes me happy. It makes me happy. Some, like I said, some days I just want to go in my garage and do some push-ups, pull-ups, and dips. And other, most of the days I want to come here and do partner wads. Those are my favorite. I love partner wads. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love doing partner workouts, whether it's two people, three people. Doesn't always have to be a kegs and kilos, you know. But I love doing partner words. It's just you, you always you always go harder for the person next to you. When you want to stop, and you're working with someone else, you're like, I can't because shit, Tiffany's not stopping, or you know, Nick's not stopping. I don't know how many team workouts we've done, and I'm just like, I feel like I can't. I gotta hold up my end of the bargain when I'm working out with this guy, you know. And I just. And I can't, there's been so many team wads I did, and I'm just like, at this point, I feel like I'm about to die. <laughs> somehow you find a way to keep going. You know? You just, you never know when you're going to need your fitness. And like I said, this just can't think of a better place to do it.
Kimbo, I can't think of somebody better to have been here with me all seven plus years, man. Thank you. I mean, it's it's been amazing. I remember, you know, I remember joining the first place and meeting you and Charlie, and like we were talking about Aiden, like watching Charlie's girls and Angie's girls grow up in this in this place. Like, I want to do a team wad with them one day. I want to do a competition with with them. They're just a they're going to be amazing young ladies and that's because of the quality parent they have and the quality of people they've been around they did reindeer games mm-hmm. right next to the adults and they were holding their own sure they had to go a little lighter on a few things but again this great environment it's like a it's a, it's a family place and well most of the time it's a family place <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a great place to be and Everyone here is basically on the same path of just looking out for each other. You know, I think for the most part, everyone looks out for each other. As people, humans, we're social creatures. You know, that's why we have tribes. This is our tribe, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not exclusive or it's inclusive. Anyone is welcome. All you gotta do is bring a little effort and a little goodwill. I nothing we can say is going to beat that. That was a plus. You know. You know the the quality of people I've met have been just amazing. You know we got and we got everything here, everything we need. You know and now we got Fort Myers and we got a great crew over there. And I know you got Layla heading up Naples. Mm-hmm. I I remember the first time I saw her was at one of the beach competitions. And she still had that smile, but I was like, "Damn, who the hell is this girl? She's f- freaking jacked!" <laughs> and I'm like, "This girl don't stop, and she's smiling, and she still got that same smile." And I freaking love it. So Layla, don't stop smiling, girl. I love it. Anyone confused? That's Layla. She's the she's the general manager of our Naples location. Yeah, so. she's just she's just such a cool person. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's all right. All right. <laughs> You know, and yeah, it's just I, I you know, where I run out of words to describe this place. And like I said, I usually always have good days, but I always try and give my best effort. Some days I have not so good days, and I happen to have an owner that's not afraid to tell you when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And you know, it wakes you up a little bit and maybe snaps you out of the funk. Well, because we're surrounded by people who all want to do their best all the time, you know? Like, we don't, there's no turds here. There's, yeah, no. We're, we're only surrounded by people who want to do their best and who want you to do your best. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, and the other thing, like, with the Masters, like, I think some people that took part in that from our gym realized, like, my thing with the competitions is it shows people, like, wow, I did more than I thought I could. Mm-hmm. And I only do it for one reason, just for the, jo- the joy that I have the ability and the right to do it because it's a privilege to do that because there's someone in Walter Reed Army Hospital right now that would give anything to be able to do a burpee today. So I owe it to that person to do a burpee today or whatever the workout is. You know, we owe it to them because someone wants to do it. We get to do it. I don't have to come here. I don't have to coach. I get to coach because your organization allows me and because the members allow me to be their coach. I get to do it. You get to do it. 
Josh gets to do what he gets to do. We, we don't have to. We get to do it. I don't have to take my kid to his basketball game. I get to do it. Although, I'm kind of glad basketball season's over, but it was a great season. <laughs> okay, well, we're way over on time. So, guys, it's uh, it's about 7.54 at night, so we're two hours past Jim's bedtime. So Almost. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and call it right there, buddy. We're going we're gonna to do another one or two of these, too, okay? Hey, and remember, train or be punished. High octane. Yes, high octane effort on Saturday. Bitches. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks for hanging out with us today on the Shark Bite Show. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Shark Bite Fitness and Nutrition or on our website at sharkbitefitness.com. If you'd like to find out more about our guests, their information will be in the show notes. If you'd like to talk to us about getting more fit, feel free to schedule a free no-sweat intro at one of our locations in Cape Coral, Fort Myers, or Naples, Florida.